You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. We're going to give you our best current Dynasty League waiver wire stashes and more on the last episode of 2019 of the Fantasy Joes. Will Greenwood, who are some of your favorite stashes right now out there in your Dynasty League waiver wire? Yeah, so the, the, a couple of mine that I'm just going to start off with on the stash side is I still think Tim Patrick uh, for the Denver Broncos is a nice little stash. He's been hurt most of the year. He came back, had a couple catches, got banged up again. But he's one of those players where he has a at least relatively clear path, path to playing time in the future and is on a lot of waiver wires. He's a free stash that you can put on your team. And the way he's produced when healthy has been worth having him. So I think his future can still be bright if Drew Locke turns into what he's shown as a quarterback. I mean, even at Kansas City, that game was just all sorts of crazy. So it, it could be an outlier, or we could see that he can't deal with any diversity in his uh, NFL careers like broke. But at least you get a free stash in Tim Patrick. What do you think, Ryan? I like Tim Patrick quite a bit. And I think you're right. If you look at that Denver Broncos roster, you've got Cortland Sutton, who we're excited about. And then, like, Deshaun Hamilton, I'm sorry. I've never bought into Deshaun Hamilton. He's just a guy. Um, so Tim Patrick certainly could be that wide receiver, too, there in Denver. It's, it's a possibility. Obviously, he's probably going to be, you know, third, maybe fourth in the pecking order with targets. But I think Tim Patrick is a guy that has shown some talent. I, I like it. I, I like it as a stash. I mean, for a guy to put into your roster, why not? Yeah. And he's a, I believe – I mean, he's a, he's a pretty big body. So if there were everything, anything that ever happened with Cortland Sutton, you know, he could – potentially you know sneak in there because he's also 6'4 uh you know, 208 pounds he, he has the ability to potentially do similar things you know like let's say a c plus version of Cortland Sutton if he ever had to walk into the starter role and that's really a stretch but that's what a stash is for hey well while we're talking about these waiver wire stashes I, I think it's important if, if you're out of your league if you're not in your championship you're not playing in, in the toilet bowl you have nothing to play for this week your waiver wire is still probably open you should take advantage of it you should look at it and figure out who you don't want. So when I look at my rosters, I see guys like Bilal Powell. I think he's 29 years old. I just don't see a bright future for him in the NFL. It's not like he did anything this year, even when given an opportunity. So like he's the type of guy I want to drop and pick up like a Tim Patrick, a guy with more upside. Well, are there any guys when you look through your rosters that you see and you're like, yeah, I don't see any for this guy after this year? Uh, I haven't looked through them uh, to, to see this. But there's, there's players that I have been stashing for a little while that are just, you know, they're just kind of like roster fodder at this point. Uh, and I don't really know what to do with them. One of those guys that I've kept the whole year has been Antonio Brown, which I'm still worried about whether or not I should just, you know, kind of rid myself of him or still worth stashing. Uh, another, uh, another sad one that I'm going to hold on to hope and still keep that stash going is Duke Williams. But I, it, my recommendation <laughs> to everybody else would be to probably drop him. Yeah, you know, one guy that I think of that I, I don't think he's a guy to pick up and stash, but one of my old favorites is Zay Jones. I mean, not that he's done much. <laughs> you know, he, he, is he still on the Oakland Raiders roster? Um, he, he might be. He hasn't really done much this year. So, But Zay Jones is one of those guys I, I look at. I don't know that I have him anywhere. Maybe one roster left, and it's like, oh, should I still keep Zay Jones? Because it's so, uh, such high hopes for Zay Jones. It, it's hard because it's, it's only his second year, right? No, he well, what, 20, he dressed in 2017, you know, okay. second round pick early in the fifth round by the Buffalo Bills. But, um, yeah, it hasn't been good three years in. But um, uh, the guy I, I really liked in college, and it just hasn't happened for him. 
Yeah, and he, you know, he went to an offense that he kind of fit into, and then he just after he put his foot through that window, then he had like a couple good games. I feel like right after that, uh, that or that season, or at least the beginning of the year. So uh, Zay Jones is tough because he's shown flashes of being productive. So I would probably still hold on to him for one more year, Ryan, versus dropping him. Uh, Paul Richardson is a guy I would I'd probably rid myself of. I was just yeah, looking at a roster. Like, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he signed a pretty big contract with Washington, and he's one of those guys where, like, they're going to pay him, they're going to use him. And he's one of those examples to where he just isn't usable. I mean, there's wherever he goes next, he's not cracking depth charts. If he couldn't crack that one in Washington and actually flash, I don't, he, he rarely showed signs of life when other wide receivers did. So he's, uh, I mean, he's on IR right now, but I was just looking at this roster. I'll go through this week and I'll, I'll, I'll drop him off there and, and get rid of him. Yeah, Super League, um, Super League's like backup quarterbacks, like a Matt Moore, you know, at, at this point, I don't think he's going to be the backup quarterback in Kansas City next year necessarily. They pulled him out of retirement, right, to back up Patrick Mahomes. So it's because like Chad, Chad Henney went down, right? That's right. That's well, like, went down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Matt Moore, no, no need to hold on to him. Um, you know, guys like that. They're, they're, I'm sure if you look, you may not think. Oh, you know, if, even if you're real active during the year, uh, you know, like I am on waivers, and you think, oh, I've got a lot of depth on my team. If you look closely, you're like, you don't need to keep this guy going into the offseason. So, one guy will that I'll never forget about going back to last year because I lost a championship of it. Um, I started Blake Jarwin championship week last year over Kyle Rudolph. You might recall in week 16, Kyle Rudolph got that Hail Mary in the end zone, had a really big fantasy week, had done nothing all darn year. And Blake Jarwin was starting to get hot at the end of the year. Uh, uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, I remember. And Blake Jarwin is, you know, kind of second fiddle there in Dallas to uh, Jason Witten, future Hall of Famer, Jason Witten. And um, I, I think that Blake Jarwin has a chance to step into that role. So I think he's a good guy that I've seen on waivers that you could pick up that could be the tight end one in Dallas and have some um, usefulness for you. Not that I think he's going to be this elite tight end option or anything like that, but I, I, I like Blake Jarwin as a, as a guy to, to, to pick up, um, you know, if, if you need a tight end, it, it just a, a guy to hold on to and see what happens. What's, what's funny. It's so it, we're going real deep here in tight ends. But uh, Ballpark, is, he's tight end 33 – or sorry, he's 33rd uh, in targets this year at the tight end posi- position, uh, mm-hmm. but he has 30 receptions. So – sorry, he's 30 – yeah, 39 targets. He's 33rd overall in 30 receptions, which is 32. Uh, so it's not too terrible. He's not too – you know, it's not too deep. So if he's out there, it might be worth putting on the roster. And it takes a little while. Yeah, for sure. Wh- wh- who's your next guy? Uh, the, the next guy I've on here for like guys I'm just grabbing and picking up off the waiver wire to, to put him for next year is if, if nobody's picked up Jake Kumaro, although I had written this in the show sheet before the floor had said that thing that got put on Roto world, I believe. Uh, so he might be uh, owned in all your leagues at this point. I, I don't see, I don't see how green Bay can go into next year without making changes to that wide receiving core, finding out that when Alan Lazard is flashing as your wide receiver too. And I have a little bit of, Hope for him, you know, it's high on him coming into the draft process, Ryan. If you remember, uh, at the Senior Bowl, and then it's, he had a, he had a good combine, but then he went undrafted. But anyway, uh, Jake Kumaro is one of those those guys you can stash. I, again, as I looked at this and I saw the Lafleur thing uh, on Roto World, he's probably taken at this point, so he might not be a good stash option. But uh, he's he's taking a little while, and you know, he probably won't turn into anything. But what if he, you know, turns into a little something something in the future? Uh, and then my other stash, or at least a guy to potentially acquire. And again, I wrote this before the, the Monday night game, uh, but I still think Traquan Smith is on the uh, a trajectory where we don't know what he is yet in the NFL. Uh, he's, had, he's been banged up. 
Uh, Michael Thomas has, has been just dominant in that offense, but I still think they're searching for another wide receiver to have. And we, we shouldn't pretend like that offense can't evolve a little bit moving into next year. So I still like Traquan Smith. He's probably at his lowest value uh, if he wasn't lower before and then rose up a little bit, but he's still really low. So I still think moving, you know, a third, a later third round pick this year or something for Traquan, uh, you know, could, could be worth it. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's a guy that even though he's flashed a little bit, I don't think people perceive him as this you know, guy they can't let go of. I mean, he's probably on most dynasty rosters. I haven't looked to see if he's on waivers, but I think you could get him cheaply for sure. And I think there's definitely some potential. I'm not huge on Traquan Smith, but I don't hate it. I don't hate trying to get him for a low price. I think that there's definitely some potential there for sure. Yeah, again, it's just a stash. It's not something I would ever expect them to uh, accumulate into anything. And it might be somebody you, you wait for until the rookie draft times to acquire. So, and building on to Jake Kumaro in a shallower dynasty league, I, I've seen Alan Lazard on a couple of um, couple of, of waiver wires, um, and he's a guy I would pick up. I, I did in one league, and, and I, I do think there is a bit of a connection. I think he has shown some some chemistry with the Aaron Rodgers. So. I don't think I, that Green Bay offense is like the past where you can expect that there's going to be multiple guys that are going to produce for fantasy for you. I mean, if you look at Green Bay this year, when Devontae Adams has been healthy, uh, he's produced. And then Aaron Jones, like every other game, maybe if you're lucky, he's going to produce for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't think that Green Bay offense is the same. But but still, I think I think it's worth – if someone does emerge as a wide receiver too, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, it could be Kumaro, could be Alan Lazard. It could be uh, someone they draft. I, I think they'll probably draft a wide receiver, but uh, I would want to pick up uh, those guys and, and still hold on to them. I still believe in Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I still believe that, you know, he could, uh, maybe that, am I, am I foolish, Wolf, for thinking that? <laughs> no, so I still, I'm still a pretty big Aaron Rodgers believer yeah. in that he is not going to, he's going to be better than what he is right now still uh, for the rest of his career, is my opinion. I think this is just a down year for uh, him and the team as far or him as far as stats go, but it's not the the team is winning, so it's tough to say that it's all there's Aaron Rodgers performing poorly. There seems like as you watch, uh, there's a lot of frustration on the field. There's a lot of miscommunication. It's the first year in a new offense. This is uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a big target of mine moving into the offseason. I think year two in that offense and the you know the gelling of the whole team could be huge. A couple more guys on my list. Well. TJ Yeldon is a guy that at first I was thinking about dropping to pick up other guys, but then I think about it. Um, we looked it up. He's what, 26 years old. And he's shown some ability to be a three down back in the NFL. Not that he's going to be a bell cow someplace, but I, I think Yeldon has some talent still. At least I hope uh, we haven't seen it this year. And it is a mystery that Buffalo hasn't utilized him at all really, but I, I don't know. I mean, if he's out there on waiver wires, I might pick him up and see what happens. I, I don't necessarily think he's going to go back to Buffalo. So maybe he lands in a good spot. And, and then th- this is a guy that we talked about probably isn't quite on waivers, but maybe in a real shallow league, Andy Isabella, um, who I really liked going into this process. And I, I'm excited about that Arizona Cardinals offense. Well, I, I think that Kyler Murray is just scratching the surface. And I think we, we've seen him be a guy that wants to distribute the ball quite a bit. I think Christian Kirk seems to be his number one target probably will be going into next year, but I think there's going to be a lot of targets to go around. And Andy Isabella is a guy that we've seen flash. There was a one game he, you know, had that big play. So I, I like the idea of picking up Andy Isabella. And I think you probably have some, 
some guys that will sour on him or during rookie drafts will, you might be able to, you know, you got a second round pick and excited about the players, maybe even a third round pick, maybe a third round pick gets any of well, uh, done, which sounds ridiculous now, but we know what, what rookie hype will do. Right. Um, oh yeah. And with the amount of hype in this draft class is coming out and guys who will probably test better at the combine and what this past class did, there's going to be a lot of rookie hype. We've been waiting for this since 2018. It seems like even though the 2019 wide receiver class has been pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, there's yeah, there's definitely going to be a buy opportunity there. Uh, one thing, Ryan, speaking about receivers that are, are been in the league for a couple of years. Uh, I, I thought it was funny. I think that one of the offseason narratives this year is going to be uh, regression again and a regression for Mike Williams, but in the exact opposite way that his regression was for last year, uh, because, you know, regression just means you're, you're returning to the mean. So Mike Williams is on pace for a thousand yards this year. And he had, uh, it's just last year. What did he have? Like, I think it was under like seven or under 800 yards with 10 touchdowns. And this year like he that. has 912 yards and two touchdowns. So he will be a fun regression candidate that people will talk about. And by fun, I mean, like, you're just going to hear this harped over and over again. Like, hey, he had over 1,000 yards and only two touchdowns. He had more targets and receptions than last year. He's still coming out. He's still breaking out. And if anybody doesn't realize that in your league and you don't have a trade deadline yet, he might be a guy who can scoop up without paying too much before his value increases. Uh, will it result in production next year? Uh, I, I just don't know yet because I don't know what that situation is going to be like now in San Diego and how they're going to how it's all going to filter out. But he. Uh, you know, he's been producing with Hunter Henry on the field, and that was one of the big concerns, not in the touchdown category, but I think the yards category is important for him to improve on, and he did. Yeah, and he's a guy coming into the year, I was, you know, not buying the hype, and I was really down on Mike Williams, especially what he was costing. Um, but but now I feel like it's turned the other way. And, and yes, there will be some owners that really are high on Mike Williams, and they're not going to want to let him go cheaply, if at all. And they're going to see that they feel he's going to bounce back in the touchdown department. But not everybody, and, and I, I think you're right. Especially, you, let's say you're in a league, you're, you're not a contender, but there's a contender that just lost like a Chris Godwin or something. And, um, and, and maybe they, they have a Mike Williams, and you've got someone that's going to play this week that could help their team. Maybe you could work out a deal, right? Um, maybe they'd give up Mike Williams for, uh, for a piece that can help them win. That's maybe of they, they would see of equal value. I don't know yeah. who that piece would be, but, uh, but, you know, I, 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 but something like that. I, I, I like that idea. Or going into the offseason, because I, mean, I, I am much higher on Mike Williams now than I was before. Yeah, he has he only has one more reception uh, than last season. There's still two games left, but he has uh, 81 targets versus 66. He only had 664 receiving yards last year. So yeah. his yards per target is up. Uh, his yards per game is up. Just the only thing that really regressed heavily, further than what regression means. Uh, it, it just went down to two. And, and I think that that is a, a, a yeah, just chance to buy and I think I already said that but anyway I wanted to look up his stats real quick just to make sure that I got the number right at 664 last year yeah and I don't want to hate too much on Philip Rivers but if you've watched any, any San Diego or San Diego oh, there we go Los Angeles Chargers football this year you've seen that Philip Rivers is, is just getting older and just making more mistakes and just doesn't look so good so even though, even if that quarterback situation changes there even if they you know draft a, a rookie quarterback I don't necessarily think that's going to impact Mike Williams too much because he's the type of guy that you're going to trust to go up and grab the ball. Right. I mean, that's what he does. So yeah. yeah. I suddenly get to worry so much about the quarterback situation. So, cause some people may cite that like, well, what's his quarterback situation going to be like? Um, I, I don't know. What's uh DJ Moore's quarterback situation going to be yeah. like Carolina? Are we low on him all of a sudden? Uh, you know? So. Yeah. 
and I think it, with it's funny Philip Rivers were still holding off for hope, but he is. Uh, I think he's tied, or the only person who's outpacing him for interceptions is Jameis Winston. Wow, that's amazing. I know Jameis just throws so many picks. <laughs> that that James poor, poor Bucks defense. Uh, Jameis is so interesting. I, I think they've got to bring him back, don't they? Will I mean they've got to, and, and I think that's good for Mike yeah. Evans and Chris Godwin if they do. I think they tag him though. I don't think they sign him. Well, yeah, I, I agree, but I mean back for yeah, 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 right yeah. Here. yeah, yeah. So another part with speaking of receivers, just quickly, Ryan. So through uh, this year through through fifteen weeks, how many receivers have double digit touchdowns? Oh, that's a great question. I, I'm trying to think of if any of them do, to be honest, because I think it's been kind of a, a weird, I, I know Michael Thomas in term like, I think he's having one of the best years ever for a wide receiver. I don't know if he has, he might have double digit touchdowns. So I, I will say maybe one, maybe it's just Michael Thomas. Uh, so there's only one and it's Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Where's Michael Thomas at? Uh, I wanted to look it up because I took this number before Monday night's game, and I think he had seven and moved to eight. Okay, that's it. One wow. Okay, okay. But then, I, the, so the I next that's it. That's pretty good, but um, <laughs> still. It, well, because I think last year he only had seven touchdowns, so the fact that he's at eight now, uh, it matters. But uh, yeah. again, should have looked that up eight before at the game. But uh, so there's a bunch with nine. So Godwin has nine, but he might not play again. Yeah. Marvin Jones has nine. Is out. Right. Mark Andrews has eight. Chark has eight. Mark Cooper has eight. Austin Eckler has eight. Mike Evans has eight. Cooper Cup has eight. Devontae Parker and Darius Slayton are all the, the receivers with eight touchdowns. How many do you think will hit 10? I'm going to pull up this list. Well, you named some, um, a couple, of, like you named Mark Andrews and you named uh, Austin Eckler. So we're talking about all, everybody yeah. in, in, this, in this list are just wide receivers. Uh, just, this is all pass catchers receiving touchdowns. Um, you know, okay. So we've got a couple of weeks left. I'm looking at this list. I feel pretty confident really only in Michael Thomas. I, I don't see Darius Slayton doing it. Devonte Parker could just because, uh, you know, of, of, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and that offense, what do they face Cincinnati this week? So he, could, he might do it this week. Uh, but if I had a bet, I, I'd only really feel good about Michael Thomas. Tyree kill there at seven easily could pop off in a couple of games. Same with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, it only takes these as a couple of games. Um, I think Terry McLaurin's good for one or two more. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think if, if I had to bet, I, I would only feel good about putting money on Michael Thomas. What about you? Yeah, so I could see Mark Cooper having a couple of touchdown catches. Uh, I could yep, see it happening sure. with Cooper Cup. Uh, Parker, potentially. You know, because we have two games left, so let's say they get two. So, but let's just say that uh, roughly uh, we'd be surprised if there was more than five with ten touchdowns. Yeah, this year, I, correct? I, I, I think that's really fair. Now, so there, I, were, there was uh, nine last year. And I think this is what kind of started the wide receiver value uh, con- continuation, let's say. Uh, so you had Antonio Brown, uh, Devonta Adams, Eric Ebron, Tyreek Hill, uh, Hopkins, Kelsey, Lockett, Ridley, and Mike Williams last year all had double-digit touchdowns. And so now we're looking at five this year. And I was just curious, you know, what this, what, what's this all, you know, what am I looking for? What am I looking at for this for the future? So I was like, okay, let's compare this to, uh, let's set the market a thousand yards receiving. So let's, let's just move this quickly, Ryan. How many wide receivers do you think had a thousand yard receiving year last year? Um, 
Totally, totally. Any any pass catcher, just a thousand yards receiving. Let's go. Let's go fifteen. Okay, so in twenty, yeah, in twenty eighteen there were twenty. Okay. What are we in looking 2019, at? In twenty nineteen, in twenty nineteen, we're already at eighteen. Interesting. With, with an extrapolated amount of healthy players, uh, we could have up to easily a uh, a dozen more. So we could be at thirty players with over a thousand yards uh, quite easily by the end of this season. Hmm, interesting. Including tight ends and wide receivers, and I think McCaffrey is the only running back that's up there for it. So I just think it's interesting that we're getting an increase in yards over the top, you know, the top receivers, but a decrease in touchdowns, which just means that you're getting less fantasy points overall. Uh, I, I, I didn't do anything with receptions yet, but I think this is what gives people headaches all the time, is we, last year we were able to re- rely on a few studs to score touchdowns uh, and, and, and catch you know, a lot of yards. And this year we don't we don't have that, and so it's been it's been kind of a mess. Like a touchdown makes such a big difference, and it seems like teams are spreading the ball around a, a lot more. You, you know, I mean, you grab your offense, whether it's a really good offense or a bad offense. You know, in Baltimore, obviously Mark Andrews has those eight touchdowns, and um, you know Mark Ingram probably has a fair amount of rushing touchdowns. But you know, you watch the Baltimore game, and, and you'll see, um, uh, you know, Willie Sneed catch a touchdown pass or something like that. And it's it's frustrating. Even a team like the Chicago Bears, you know, they don't score a lot of touchdowns, but we see Anthony Miller starting to uh, catch more touchdown passes too. So it does seem like that's the NFL. Teams are spreading the ball around more. And, you know, maybe we're not going to see as many of these crazy high ceiling seasons from some of these wide receivers because that does seem to be the case. Um, and I think that's what makes a guy like Michael Thomas so special, right? Because he doesn't have – ridiculous touchdown statistics although not pretty darn good but he's just you know he, he just so many receptions and obviously this is a record-breaking year and he may never have another year like this but um i feel like we said that at like every year of michael thomas's career yeah that's true that's and he true. just keeps like you watch him play and it's, he's just he's he's a legend out there already so. yeah and another guy you know he's who he said that about um that i i think i was a little down on too and it's getting crazy targets. And a lot of it has to do with injury is Zach Ertz. I, I was just looking at tight end stats, 128 targets. Um, Kelsey still has a ton. This is disappointing. Travis Kelsey, 122 targets, only four touchdowns. I, and I, I just, I don't know, in my head, I just felt that, I, I know, you know, regression was coming and all that kind of stuff, but I just kind of felt like he's, he's going to be close to double digit touchdowns and that hasn't been the case. I know Mahomes was hurt. That has a lot to do with it. But. Yeah, and he's, he's not too far off from last year. And Mahomes has missed him a couple open times, but he probably also missed him a couple open times last year as well. So I don't think that's necessarily fair to factor that in. I think Kelsey is going to take a big hit in value with his age because he's getting up there now. He might be – I think he's 30 now, going into 31 next year. So his uh, – I think his value, people are going to start, uh, you know, wanting less for him potentially. And so I always struggle with that, Ryan. Uh, how do you deal with that? With a player like Kelsey, who's 30, who's 30 right now, will be 31, you know, at this point next year, uh, when, he, when his value starts to go down, but you know it's kind of in this decreasing line, what do you do with a player like that? Are you, are you going to try to go after him uh, to, to move for, you know, like if, uh, if you could move like a Mark Andrews for Travis Kelsey moving into next season, is that something you'd be interested in? Or are you just always trying to look for the youth with the upside? I don't think Mark Andrews is a good example because I'm really high on Mark Andrews. So, so, no, I wouldn't move Mark Andrews. But, but somebody else, I'd think about it. Um, I, because here's the thing with Travis Kelsey. I, I think if I have him, I'm just going to hold him because I'm never going to get what I feel he's going to be worth. 
yes, he is 30 years old. He'll turn 31 in October next year. But, but he's the guy, a guy that's been remarkably consistent. Well, he's missed one game his career for a concussion. That's it. He's a tight end. That's unprecedented, man. He's, he's Zeus. And obviously, at some point, he's going to start breaking down and miss more games. But I don't know. I think, I think he's a really incredible player. He's attached to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's got a couple of elite years left, at least, Will. So I don't want to just get rid of him, especially since I think you're right. His value has gone down this year. Um, so if anything, I'll acquire him. But I'm not going to like send Mark Andrews. Maybe another player. Maybe like a running back that I feel is kind of peaked that I could – you trade for Travis Kelsey or, or get him thrown in a deal like that, you know? So I'd be more interested in that than, um, yeah, he's definitely a guy I'm going to be testing the waters on, uh, Travis Kelsey would be a guy I'm testing the waters on this. Do you, I mean, you, you want to acquire him or you want yeah. to? Yeah. Well, I just think he's still going to be a positional advantage for at least one more year, maybe two, maybe just one, but give me one. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to overpay, but let's, uh, let's find out what other, you know, what other players in your dynasty leagues value him at. I think he's a very interesting Candidate, he's also scoring, I think, like, it was, like, two less fantasy PPR points per game than he was last year, which brings me to another point that I just wanted to plug in here, Ryan. It, there's not really a lot to take away from this, but it's one of the things with everybody, or with uh, the Titans being potentially overvalued this year. If you just went on points per game, uh, George Kittle is actually averaging 0.4 more fantasy points per game in full PPR than he was last year. And you know, he had some kind of – he didn't start off the year with a boom. He missed a couple games. But he's really come on. He's really turned on and been a really key piece for a lot of teams that I have. Uh, and there's some other stats that go into that. I think it's just the the one thing that, that stands out to me though is that he's actually improving with a deeper wide receiver depth chart. And then his best games are coming with Emmanuel Sanders in the lineup. So the you know you know adding more just it, it at least raised his boat in the harbor versus sinking it. Yeah, and he's been playing injured. I mean, think about it. He's been playing injured. If you've watched some of those Niner games, especially early on, he should have more touchdowns. He has four touchdowns, but like the penalties have, have, have called back some, some of those touchdowns. And I think Jimmy G's missed him uh, on a couple of obvious situations. So, I mean, that, that number is going, I, I think is going to go up in future years. I, I love George Kittle. I mean, he's just fun and he plays with such passion and he's funny. And he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. Well, I just, I just love to watch him. <laughs> And he's just, he's just so tough and, and kind of, kind of old school. And yeah, he's fun. I mean, he's, he's great. Yeah. And he's, I think he's getting better. He's still improving. Yeah. So no, no doubt. I mean, of course he's improving. He's, what is this? His, his third year in the league. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. I, it's, he's 26 and this is when guys really start to peak. And yeah, I think you, you, we've got, if we're, if we're lucky, another, you know, good four or five years of George Kittle. And you know, so, not a lot of tread on those tires from Iowa. So you guys are welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's an exciting guy. Um, well, it's turned into a tight end episode. How did that happen? Well, yeah. Also, right. I want to open the show with our, our big time celebration for our best friend, Carlos Hyde. Oh, that's right. Congratulations, Carlos. Finally did it. Woo. woo. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. Um, Hey, can we also um, celebrate something else? Can we celebrate Anthony Miller finally emerging in that Bears offense and a guy that you called going into the year? Yeah, it didn't really work out because I, I said in full PPR he was going to outscore Allen Robinson. So I looked up the last uh, six weeks, and he, he's, not, he's still not outscoring Allen Robinson. But uh, so weeks 10 through 15, 
in points per game. Anthony Miller's wide receiver 20. Right. And he's that, and I, I don't know what game he started to get uh, targeted in as four for four just shows uh, me four weeks, not the previous two. So I think if you slim this down a little bit, he'd be even higher, but he's starting to look a lot better, but I feel like they tripped us into this last year, you know, with Trubisky starting to look better. The offense started. I mean, I know he got banged up, uh, but anyway, I feel like we were buying into the hype of the bears offense a little bit last season and, and we were kind of boned by it, Ryan. What, what do you think? No, listen, I'm not buying into any hype of the Bears offense. Their offense is pretty bad. Okay, Mitchell Drabisky is uh, at best a below average player, if not a horrible one. Because I, I think, you know, so Trey was talking to us in the chat about Allen Robinson, about, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, but he said, and, and think about it, he's been attached to this horrific quarterback. And I said in the chat, well, he's been upgraded from really bad from horrific, okay? <laughs> um, but, Here's the thing with with Anthony Miller. For whatever reason, he was in the doghouse beginning of the year. Whether Nagy didn't know how to use him, or he just wasn't catching on, or, or you know blocking where he needed to be, or missing assignments, whatever. But the past five games, this is per Adam Johns, the Athletic. Um, Miller's had 33 catches, 431 yards, and two touchdowns. His 52 targets are two more than Allen Robinson has had in the same five game window. And Robinson's also had 26 fewer receiving yards. So. You know, there's been talk as is, is Allen Robinson the one A and, and Miller's the one B. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know, if you, if you look at his stats versus second year players in the league, his 50 catches ranked seventh, which isn't that impressive. But you know, you you think about the first quarter of the year, he had four catches for 28 yards uh, per Adam Johns. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about Anthony Miller. I'm not I'm not you know this offense isn't that great. Trubisky's not that great, but I I think he's really talented. I, I mean, he's a smooth route runner. And it's all come together for Anthony Miller. So that's – and you called it. You saw that coming into the year. Um, so and, – and I thought I saw it, but I, I wanted to kind of hold back because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a Bears homer. So, so yeah. So maybe the Bears, you know, they, they've got two wide receivers now. That's great. They just need a quarterback and a running back. It's new offensive lineman and a tight end. <laughs> and their offense is set, Will. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're good to go. Well, let's see Ryan Fitzpatrick go to the Bears. Let's go. Uh, so he is in, in full point PPR uh, weeks 11 through 15. So the past five weeks, Anthony Miller's wide receiver in points per game. So, you know, take out buys or, or you know, games players missed. He's, he's wide receiver 13. Wow. Uh, Robinson is wide receiver nine. Ooh. So yeah. the, the passing game from the bears has been sneaky productive in the last five weeks, which gets lost because the, the bears offense uh, is, 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 I don't know, barfy. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, they, they, their offensive line is bad. They can't run the ball. Mitch has played better. I, I just certainly don't think he's the future of the Bears franchise, but but he's been better. If, if I, just, I just don't think teams are scared of the pass, right? I don't, I don't think it might – I mean, the offensive line might not be playing very well, but teams aren't also intimidated by Trubisky. They're not worried about him beating them. They're not going to get beat on the ground. Well, no, they – and they, they you know well, – well, here's the thing. They're not – they're they're not scared of the pass, but they're they're really not scared of the run because the Bears can't run the ball. So they 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 play against the the Bears passing offense. I mean that's they don't they don't have to line up eight in the box well because because <laughs> because the, the Bears can't block. And the fact of the matter is David Montgomery's not that explosive. So yeah, I I just think there are all kinds of problems. But uh, but the, you know my my point being, I think there are two talented wide receivers in Chicago. Um, Cordell Patterson. What, what, what do you think about Allen Robinson? So this is something that Trey brought to our attention, our long-lost Joe Bro, uh, that he is wide receiver 11 in half-point PPR this year. And 
he's so he's been sneaky good. He's been a sneaky wide receiver one through the season, uh, and I think in PPR he's right in there, if not the same at wide receiver eleven. Uh, PFF have, has him graded as the thirteenth overall wide receiver, which is still is still you know pretty great. Uh, he's eleventh in total receptions, thirteenth in yards, tied for thirteenth in touchdowns. Uh, he's also leading. <laughs> I found this set funny. He's leading in receptions for all sixth year wide receivers. So from that draft mm. class, from that 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 infamous draft class, uh, he is uh, you know leading for everybody That's for those sixth year wide receivers. Huh. Uh, but you know you just wonder what he would do with a, a quarterback upgrade. Poor guy has had Bortles and Trubisky career catch rate of fifty nine point nine percent, and this year it's at sixty three point eight. Imagine if you had a guy that could get him the ball a little bit better. You see pass after pass that he has to extend for, that he has to go down for, Absolutely. Uh, that he has to make adjustments for, and it just is, you know, I, I, I wish Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins would have signed to opposite teams because then we would have been just gushing <laughs> over Allen Robinson this year. It would have been great. Yeah. Well, I, I think, though, people are – maybe people aren't gushing over him, but I, I think the savvy dynasty owners are – realizing how how good he is in a in a bad situation and the thing with Alan robinson he's going to be back in chicago in 2020 but after that well he's a free agent well so. yeah i put it there so from spot track he's a 15 million dollar cap hit which isn't that big for the last year of a wide receivers contract deal uh with two million of dead cap so i have a sneaky suspicion ryan if the bears are going to keep Alan robinson i think they're going to extend him to bring down that cap or to bring down the cap hit for this year and move it to future years. If they're trying to, they don't have draft picks, you know, they're going to want to assign other players. And he kind of has a contract that is prime to be restructured or re-signed for the future to bring down this year's cap hit. Yeah, it's certainly possible. You, you, you could be right. Um, but you, you never know with uh, that general manager that the Bears have, you know, I mean, he, he does, he, does, he, be, he uh, beats to his own drum, you know. Yeah. Drafting Kevin White, you know, in the early in the first round. But everybody makes – I mean, Bashar Perriman was also drafted in that first round, and now he could be a fantasy champion. So, Yeah, I, I, I suppose, but he's, he's had a lot of misses. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Let, let, the, the listeners are tired of our, our Bears wide receiver talk. Okay, Probably. Ryan, I have, I have my newest dynasty strategy for 2020. <laughs> and write this down, everybody. Take out – go find – is it okay? Is this for a startup draft or is this for like an existing league? No, this is mid season. This is mid season. Okay. Ooh, Here we go. Pay attention to who gets traded for in the Miami Dolphins backfield and acquire that player for the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good strategy. It's paid off. This could be two years, years in a row where yeah. that player becomes like the playoff MVP. So Patrick Laird next year when he gets traded to somebody that's the, that's the guy you want to put your chip on yeah so when patrick laird uh gets traded to mm, what's a good team that he would get traded to let's say uh, a few people go down and laird ends up on philadelphia the san francisco 49ers oh the niners okay. the eagles yeah they'll have massive running back injuries somehow or the seahawks you know chris carson goes down Rashad penny's still a little chunky from recovery uh and they, they need they need a running back uh, because CJ Procise is gone from the team and Laird goes to the Seahawks. Uh, make sure you acquire him for the playoffs. Don't start him before then, but you know, go ahead and give him in the playoffs. I guess you can start him before in a little bit, but it's just funny. The, the it's it's funny the way the, the past two years the Dolphins running backs has worked out worked out. It's always funny. Every year it seems like there's something new, something 
kind of fun or it depends on which end you're on it you know if you happen to pick up Richard Perryman and, and started him in a league because you just had no other options and it was like super deep league you're really happy but if you played against that guy you're you're really pissed off <laughs> um what's anything stand out for you in the the you know semifinals of fantasy leagues I, I mean obviously Perryman and, and I'll tell you what Kenyon Drake I I was I mean, I was pretty shocked. I mean, not that I th- thought he was going to be poorly, but, um, and, and a lot of that is just kind of, kind of dumb luck, you know, but with all those touchdowns so close to the, to the goal line, but that, that, that was, uh, I mean, Perryman was surprising, but, but I was more surprised by Drake's performance, frankly. Well, let's also see what happens this next game. If uh, Godwin and Evans are out, if, if Jameis produces like great stats and two, you know, good wide receivers in that game, Maybe we can stop worrying about him being uh, buoyed by having a great receiving core. Maybe he is actually uh, the reason why these receivers are doing well. It's yeah. Kind of the, the counter argument that it's always been like, oh, he's surrounded with really great weapons. Well, he hasn't really ever had a great running back. Uh, that, well, I mean, did he have a good year with the muscle hamster or not? I, I don't think, I think he had one good year with him. He's never had like a great pass catching running back. He's never had a great pass catching tight end. He made Cameron Brait fantasy relevant. Uh, he's made Mike Evans one of the top dynasty assets to have. You know, however far you want to go down the list, it's still a top dynasty asset. And he made Chris Godwin, uh, you know, the the wide receiver one while he was healthy, almost for for Michael Thomas. I'm super excited to see what happens in that game and how the Tampa Bay offense looks. I'm excited to see if Brashard Perryman. Well, like obviously he's not going to repeat that performance, but you know, does he catch? Four for 80 to is, it obvious, though? is it obvious he's not going to repeat that performance? You know, who knows? I mean, I think the odds are against it. Um, so I'd be, I'd be surprised yeah, yeah. if he come on, if he catches three touchdown passes, I'm going to be shocked. Um, also, Justin Watson, a fantasy Joe's favorite. You, you know, we <laughs> love Justin Watson. Um, I'm not saying we're the first, you know, podcast on him, but we were among the first. And uh, yeah, so uh, he's he's getting his opportunity. I will. He, there's no Scotty Miller in the way this week. Incredible he's, three cone. <laughs> he makes oh, three he's, cuts he's a he's incredibly athletic he went to the ivy league smart wide receiver so i'm really excited to see not that i'm gonna start him in any leagues necessarily but i'm really here to see what he does this week i hope he has what one. yeah if him and cameron break because cameron break went to uh he went to ivy league too right uh, that, i believe so right. i'm pretty sure because yeah. uh yeah ross tucker's a big fan of him because he knows him from the ivy league in college did he go to harvard i think he's harvard right i'm looking at a- anyway the if, if both those guys catch touchdowns, is that the most Ivy League touchdowns, like receptions in one game? Um, maybe. Uh, that's, <laughs> we'll have to look that up. I don't know. We'll get Greenwood Analytics right on that. He did go to Harvard. It is, it is in my opinion. So here we go. <laughs> Harvard and Penn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Another stash or require what, – what's your opinion moving forward next year for Kareem Hunt? I like it. I mean, I mean, look what Kareem Hunt has done this year in Cleveland. I mean, he, he looks good to me and um, he, we, we know that he is a, a three down back. We've seen it before. So, and I, I think, I don't know, you, you know, my philosophy on knuckleheads like him, they get their sons into trouble. So that's always a, a possibility, but um, I, I don't, I, I worry more about that with like elite prospects, like guys that are going the first, second, third round of startup drafts for where you can, I think you can get cream hunt. I don't worry as much. Although I, I don't know what his value is. I can't begin to tell you what his value is. We, I mean, we certainly can look that up, but what, what do yeah. you pay? What do you think you'd want to pay for him? Will? 
Well, it's kind of been the, the, so I had a, a discussion with my coworker cause he was going to pay a, he paid a 2020 like late first for Kareem Hunt to have him on the team for this year as like a, a contending roster, pretty obviously in this wow. league. And uh, I was, I was like, I just think that's overpaying, but mm-hmm. Hey, you know, teach their on their team. I won't ever hate on it, but I was like, I, I just wouldn't do it. And a late 2021st for Kareem Hunt now, what if Kareem Hunt signs somewhere really valuable? Like what if Kareem Hunt signs with the, the Buccaneers and now is in the Bruce Arians offense where a great pass catcher and just overall, you know, great as a running back, he's a great player. You know, if he, he could go somewhere relatively cheap, cheaply, he is a restricted free agent, but I can't see the Cleveland Browns matching an offer that's decent. Yeah, well, your friends at DTC, if you plug into their great trade calculator, um, it's pretty com- he's pretty comparable to a late first round pick. So, you know, late first, early second rounder, that's the, you know, I guess that's about his value according to the fantasy trade calculator. So, so there you go. Yeah, and I think I think it matters if it's you know super flex or reg. Did you use super flex? I, I use super flex. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which we should always keep as the standard here. Sorry, shouldn't okay. even ask. Should be an assumption, everybody. It's super flex <laughs> always. Right. Right. But in, 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 and on your team needs, you know, if you enter a super flex that you need a quarterback, maybe you wait until that rookie draft to get him. But I think that his his he's a potential to have a very big boom in value before next year, especially with the way Tyreek Hill turned things around this year and is you know kind of kept kept his nose clean after the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt got cut right away because he lied to the team and he's a running back. That's an expendable position in the NFL. So it, it's expendable in the NFL, but it's very valuable for fantasy. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm going to be starting him in a championship game. Well, I mean, I just like him looking at my, like, you know, some of my last options to start, he's just been consistent. He's, he's been putting up decent numbers and um, yeah, I, I like Kareem Hunt a lot. So yeah, he's a, I, but is he a guy that you think is a, a value now, or do you think people are like, what, what do you, what do you think the climate is on cream hunt out there? Or how do you think Dennis centers feel about it? Or do you think it's mixed? Well, I think anybody who's kept him this long wants the higher price than what I'd be willing to pay. So I wouldn't pay a late first for cream hunt right now. I, I would, I would easily, easily wait still, especially this late in the season. That first round pick has nowhere to go back, but up. Uh, but I could also see him signing somewhere where it makes him a lot more valuable than what he is right now, but I'm willing to take that risk. So he's in points per game uh, the last five weeks. He's, he's running back 19. So he hasn't been like blowing the doors off, but he's also, you know, he's, he's working with Nick Chubb and that Cleveland offense hasn't exactly been explosive. He's been so consistent. So in this league, I'm starting him in, it's a PPR league since he's been back 14.4, So if you get him, you know, I know this is a dangerous exercise, but at worst, he's a guy that gets you, you know, 12, 13, 14 points a week. And then if heaven forbid anything happens to Nick Chubb, if, if let's say he stays in Cleveland, then obviously those numbers are going to go way up. So um, I, I think he is a nice guy to acquire that. And he's not going to be there forever if, if he does go back in here too, probably. So, yeah. Well, what big a gap for you is there between Kareem Hunt and Austin Eckler? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. I think they are, should be similarly valued. I don't know that they are. I, I think I prefer Austin Eckler just because I feel like he's, it's not really fair to say he's more explosive than Kareem Hunt though. Well, but I think, I think that is fair. They're different types of players. 
I, I prefer Eckler, but you know, I, I think it's pretty close for me that you throw it out there. The more I think about it, what about you? Yeah, I would take Eckler as well. I think his future uh, in, at the Chargers is potentially more viable than what it is for Kareem Hunt. I can see the Chargers adding like a bruiser in there or, you know, somebody who's a little bit bigger who can still pass catch once they kind of rid themselves of Melvin Gordon. That relationship is probably soured. So yeah, Austin Eckler has just proven uh, week over week, even with Melvin Gordon in the games this year, that he is a viable starter. I mean, even in the past five weeks, he's, he's running back four again in PPR. And that's with uh, that's points per game because they had a week twelve bye. That's huge. It is huge. I love Eckler, and yeah, he's he's fun to watch too. He, uh, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens though. Um, that that backfield will be interesting because assuming Melvin Gordon moves on, who do they add to the backfield? Do they just roll with him and Justin Jackson? And does that do anything for, for Justin Jackson's value? Yeah, I mean they'll add somebody though. You, you know, well, yeah, you, you know it's, there'll be something in there. Uh, do they add like Mike Davis who has no impact whatsoever? Do they add like somebody interesting? Do they draft a, a day two guy? Yeah. I could see like a day three guy. Yeah. But I don't a, think a third round pick. They, they have, they have too many right. holes, I think on the offensive like line and, and other places, but they're, I mean, anyway, there'll be some exciting yeah, day three guys though. Eckler's everything I wanted Duke Johnson to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, we should probably wrap things up and, and this is a programming note I want to throw out there. We're taking off the rest of 2019. I'm going to be traveling for the holidays, so I really won't be accessible. And usually we record the show on a Wednesday, so that would be Christmas Day. It's kind of a deal breaker with my family on my end. I don't know about you. <laughs> That's fine. I'll be in Buffalo, so let's do it. You'll be in Buffalo? What? Yeah, my sister lives in Buffalo, so we're flying out there for Christmas. Oh, nice. Doesn't like Christmas in Buffalo. It'll be fun. I guess so. I'm, I'm, going, to be in, I'm going to be in the, the great state of Florida. And if anyone tries to burglarize my house, jokes on you, pal, because I'm going to, I'm going to have you covered. So this episode of the Joe's sponsored by simply safe. Yeah. It's promo code fancy Joe's for 10% (laughs) off your first uh, security system on simply safe. Okay. All right. I I am very tired listeners. I didn't say that at the beginning of the show because, because we're, we're trying to go more like get into the, the good stuff, but at the end of the show, we can get off script a little bit. And I can talk about how my kid woke up last night at 1230 with a cold and didn't go back to sleep until about 230. And I'd gone to bed late anyway, like I think like 1130. So I don't sleep very well. And I got up early today, like 530. So I'm tired. Ryan only uh, awakes on the 30s. The 30s. <laughs> you woke up Ryan on the 30s. Yeah. Woke up at f- I woke up at five, but it's like, no, it's not 530. I'm sleeping. But I and I have to say I'm looking very much forward to, and I know this is gonna sound weird because I love football, um, and we're not obviously football isn't going away because we got the playoffs, we got the fun things going on with the playoffs. And if you haven't done like playoff DFS or get get into the Scott Fish playoff contest, do it. It's just a, a tons of fun. But I am looking forward to some championship matchups that I'm fortunate enough to have made. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of the end of this fantasy season well and it's been a lot of fun but for me it's a it's a grind and i put a lot into it each week and i'm looking forward to winning some titles saying goodbye to 2019 moving on to 2020 really get into this 2020 rookie class really excited about it can't believe the fan season is almost over i mean it is for the joes on this podcast as we go on <laughs> remember 
it's going to be, but it's going to be fun 2020. So don't worry about it. The great thing about dynasty two is even if you, your team's been on it for a while, you've probably been working on deals. Hopefully you've been working with trading, um, win now players to contenders and some younger assets. You've acquired some draft capital. You're going to roll into 2020 and, and pick up some artillery, pick up some pieces. Oh, yeah. And for those, for, so Ryan, another idea, I know you're tired, but you have to deal with me. So, uh, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate this year, breakout season, not breakout, but like, you know, just rising to the top again, yeah. moving into that near first round of super flex startups. What's your opinion on selling him? Cause he was so low moving into this season. And even the season before that he has underperformed and now he's, he's having a great year. What says that doesn't change in the future? You know, for, for me, a guy like him, I, I don't, first of all, I, he has not been that great the past couple of weeks. So I think your cell window probably has passed a little bit. Uh, he, he's a great quarterback though. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on my, how my team is and where my team stands. But if I'm a contender, I think I'm going to be a contender. I, I want to hang on to Russell Wilson. I, I, like, what, what are you thinking? I'm surprised you love Russell Wilson. You want to talk about Selena now? Yeah, I really want to try to move him in what? the Minnesota Dynasty League that I'm in, Ryan, for uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jonathan, Will- or Jonathan Taylor. Oh, okay. I, I said Jonathan Williams for a second. I'm like, Will, that you had, you had like a two-week window. That's passed. <laughs> you don't no, need no, he's coming back, right? He's coming back. <laughs> um, well, I don't mind that deal. I mean, you're high on Aaron Rodgers, and if you get Jonathan Taylor, you think you could pull that off? Uh, it's with Izzy Alcafaz, Al- 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 so I'm probably not. But I'm, I'm going to give it a go. I think. <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, he's. Well, we'll see. Uh, what, what? How does Izzy have that in his trade calculator? Let's find out. <laughs> have you looked? No, but it is a pretty big gap between the two. Yeah. Actually, I think I might have looked it up once. How many is it? 12, 12 team. Peter yeah. Superflex? With Devies, obviously. All right, so here we go. So you're giving up Russell Wilson. He's going to send you, you hope, Aaron Rodgers. And he's going to send you the one and only Jonathan Taylor. That, my friends, is almost a dead even deal. Russell Wilson is 44.4. The Rodgers-Taylor combo, 45.5. What'd you put in the pick for Taylor? I'll put in the pick. Or'd you put in Jonathan no, Taylor? No, I no. The great thing uh, here's a here. Th- this segment is brought to you by our new sponsor, the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Uh, <laughs> the Dynasty Trade Calculator—they've got a debbie component for league format. Uh, there it is. Yeah. So I don't is. know what happens if you take out Devi and you put in, you know, one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three. I mean, this is super flex, so I don't know like where he's going, but you know, it's. A little bit more. Anyway, we should probably go ahead. How are you spelling Jonathan Taylor in this? Um, Jonathan is just spelled J O N A T H A N. It's not popping up in my. You clicked on Devi. You clicked on Devi. This is great podcast audio. Yes, I did click on Devi. Okay. Let's take it offline, Will. I will walk you through it. Yeah, sorry. I'll figure Um, it out. Everybody, (laughs) if you're curious. No, I, I like that. I like that idea. I like that idea. So. Any final thoughts for, for 2019? Well, before we close the show, this is it. This is your final message to our listeners in 2019. What do you want to say? Oh, I just appreciate everybody who's listened and who's dealt with our ins and outs of the weekly, uh, you know, Fancy Joe's Uncut. Uh, last week was a little under the weather, so sorry. I was listening to it. I was very, there's a little bit of spaciness in there. And I feel like this week has been a lot better. 
So hopefully you've enjoyed it. We've had some great uh, conversations about players and values. And anybody who's in leagues with me, I've really enjoyed the leagues we've been in this year. Any conversation we've ever had about trades or values or anything like that, they've all been great. And don't ever back down on what you feel like for a value for a player uh, because somebody tries to talk you out of it. I've been in so many conversations where somebody tries to talk you down on the player they're trying to trade to them uh, and gives you reasons. The key question to ask yourself is why are they trying to trade for him then? And I've been in a league where there's a guy who capitalizes on this all the time and it's annoying. And I, I honestly think in those leagues, and I'm going to start doing it in the future, I'm just going to start calling it out. Don't be afraid to call out trades and say, why would you do this? If it's really, really lopsided or it's just really somebody capitalizing on a player value or say, why don't you shop it around? Just ask the question because the next time they go to shop around, they'll come to you. But don't, I mean, don't be a jerk about it, but just say, you know, hey, shut it around. I'd have given you more because I at least plant a seed. And you know what's nice about that, Will? Not only do you plant the seed, but if you if you do it the right way, also you can have a pretty good dialogue because maybe that person has a really compelling reason to make that deal and they share it with you and you think to yourself, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought of it from that angle and you learn something as a dynasty player. Or you find out your league mate is just an idiot and doesn't know how to play dynasty. I, either way, it's constructive, so I like it. Now I've got to throw, do I have to find Tom Petty and play won't back down at the end of the show here to fade out? I feel like I do. It means fine. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited about that. Okay. Or did you want to sing a Christmas carol instead? Uh, no. No, let's play some Tom Petty. Okay. We are the Fantasy no. Joes. I'll, I'll have a song. First episode of 2020, we'll have uh, Greenwood Analytics song special. All right. We're looking forward to it. We've got a march on the calendar. So good luck in those fancy championships and those toilet bowls, whatever you're playing for. If you're not playing for a championship, play some DFS. Have some fun this week. We are the Fancy Joes. We're at FF Joes on Twitter. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fancy Joes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. <laughs> <laughs>